Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. But I wonder sometimes if we're talking and God is really listening. Sometimes the problem that we have on our cell phones with one another, we have with God. In James, the first chapter, it says, when you do pray, you do not receive. It's because you prayed wrongly, wanting to indulge your passions. Communicating with others doesn't always go as well as we plan, whether it's in a business environment or the intimacy of a relationship. We sometimes feel the conversation wasn't a success. In today's message, Pastor Ed applies this same thought process to our prayer life with God. Many of us have experienced the feelings or thoughts of wondering whether or not God even hears our prayers. Pastor Ed will encourage us to ask ourselves an important question. What are our motives behind those supposedly unheard prayers? Now, here's Pastor Ed in the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 9, with today's study. Philippians, chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. This is a prayer of the Apostle Paul. A prayer that he prayed for a church that he loved very deeply. And God preserved his words, his intercession for us, so that we might learn and we might enter into that prayer as well as be recipients of that prayer as we pray it for one another. Philippians chapter 1, beginning to read with verse 9. And this is my prayer. Now remember at verse 3, he began with thanksgiving. He's thanking God and he tells them what he thanks God for. He thanked God that he knew them and their participation with him in the gospel and their relationship to him. And, and he was confident that God was going to continue the good work that he began in them. And so now he takes them into his prayer closet. And he says, and this is my prayer. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I don't know how many of you have experienced what I've experienced. I would think most of you have. You're on your cell phone... And you're in the midst of a conversation. And suddenly you realize that you've been talking, but the other person hasn't been listening. You've lost them. Well, this happened twice to me this week. Once I was talking to one of our deacons, preparing for our board meeting on Monday night. And I was talking and talking about a number of things. And all of a sudden I realized that the battery had gone dead in the phone. Well, the next day I made sure it was all charged up. And again, I'm on my cell phone, as many of you are. The end of our conversation comes. 
and I'm going to offer up a very fervent prayer, which I did. (laughs) And I'm praying. And at the end of my prayer, there's no amen on his response. (laughs) I had lost him. Again, the battery went dead. I need a new battery on that phone. But I wonder sometimes if we're talking and God is really listening. Sometimes the problem that we have on our cell phones with one another, we have with God. In James, the first chapter, it says, when you do pray, you do not receive. It's because you prayed wrongly, wanting to indulge your passions. That's the New Jerusalem translation. There are times that we pray... And God isn't listening. One grandmother walked past the room of her grandchild. And she heard her grandchild praying. But as she listened real carefully, she wondered, what's happening? The grandchild reverently said, A, B, C, D, E, Grandma went in and said, Honey, what are you doing? Well, I'm praying. Well, I know, but why are you reciting the alphabet? Well, I didn't know what to ask God. I just thought I would go through the alphabet, give him the letters, and let him put it together. (laughs) Well, what God does for us is he preserved in Scripture the prayer of one of his servants, the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul invites you into his prayer closet to listen in to his prayer so that we might learn how to pray effectively for one another. God wants us to pray effectively. And Paul wants us to mature in our praying in Christian life. And listen to the words that he says in verse 9. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more and more. He's praying for abounding love. Now that's a curious prayer. The church at Philippi was a supporting church. They supported Paul better than any of the other churches as far as we know. They sacrificed when others weren't willing to sacrifice. And in fact, they sacrificed not only financially, but they sent workers there and encouragement, and they gathered around to hold up his hands in the work that God had called them to do. And they were a loving church. Sure, they had problems, but all the churches had problems. And yet, Paul says, I'm praying that you would abound more and more in love, even though they were a loving church. You know, Paul just didn't want them to stop at the bronze. He wanted them to go for the silver. And then he wanted them to go for the gold. And when they had the gold, he wanted them to break a record. Paul didn't want them to plateau spiritually. He wanted them to keep on growing in Christian love, in God's love. Our culture 
tells us that love is primarily a feeling. May, they may not say that, but they act that out. You see it in the films, you see it in the movies. It's a feeling that you feel when you're going to get a feeling that you've never felt before. Ever heard that? That's what so many people think love is. It's something that suddenly drops down on you and you have no control over and suddenly it's gone and you have no control over that. You're subject to these emotions, to these feelings. No, no. Paul uses a Greek word, agape or agape, and he speaks about the quality of God's love because it's different than the world's love. Paul wants them to love with God's love. Uh, What's the quality of love? It's more than that emotion. It's more than that feeling. It's action. It's deeds. It's doing. For God so loved the world that he that he gave. See, the type of love that God has is a love that benefits us. That's concerned about the recipient. That's concerned about the person. And so Paul is praying for a specific type of love, God's love. A love that Christians know when they come and accept Christ as personal Lord and Savior. That love is defined and described by the character of God. I wrote down, biblical love is a choice, a matter of the will. It's more than an emotion, it's a behavior. It's treating others the way God has treated you. It's doing, it's giving, it's behaving. Mary Martin had played on Broadway thousands of times. And uh, she was appearing in Roger and Hammerstein's South Pacific. Right before she was to go on stage, she received a note. And it was from Oscar Hammerstein. He was on his deathbed. It was a short note. It said, Dear Mary, a bell is not a bell until you ring it. A song is not a song until you sing it. Love in your heart is not put there to stay. Love isn't love till you give it away. Well, that night, she gave the performance of her life. Backstage, they asked her, What happened? We've never seen you perform like that before. Mary read to them Hammerstein's note. And she said, Tonight I gave my love away. Paul is praying that they would give the love that they had received from God away. That they would give what God had given them. That they would be channels of his love. And he was praying for this church who abounded in love, but he didn't want them to plateau in love. He wanted them to move up in love and go further. So there's this quality of love. But there's something else in this. There's this quantity of love. Abound more and more. That means spill over, overflow. When you're walking in the, at the job and somebody bunks into you and your Starbucks is in your hand, If you don't have that cap on, the coffee spills over. But sometimes something else spills over. Why don't you watch out where you're going? When people bump into you, what spills out? What spills out 
is in you. Paul was speaking about overflowing with love. When we're rubbed the wrong way, when things happen, our response is a loving response, ever increasing. This past week we had, a couple of weeks we had two weddings, two beautiful weddings. Uh, Yesterday was so nice. Uh, Pastor Tony and uh, Pastor Ryan were involved in the wedding. It was a beautiful service. You look at the couples and their eyes are sparkling as they look at one another, as they say their vows. But you know, three months, six months, a year down the road, as you see them driving by in the car, unless they're growing and abounding in love, that the love they had on their wedding day when they said yes and they gave that kiss when they said you may kiss your bride unless they grow in love it gets tough she doesn't quite squeeze the toothpaste right he leaves the clothes all over she forgot this to put the gas in the car well he forgot an important appointment they had all the idiosyncrasies that are part of us just rub each other in the wrong way. It's hard to love those close to you. Oh, it's easy to love those on the distant mission field that you're praying for in your prayer group. You see that beautiful face of that child and that family and your heart goes out to them and you're ready to go on the mission trip and spend one week, but get back quickly. Um, But draw that circle real close. Love your spouse. Love your children. Love your extended family, your church family. People come into church and they're all excited about church. What a wonderful church. Do you see those deacons and those pastors and that choir and that soloist? Well, they get to stay here a few months and years and suddenly... They don't see people the same way they did when they came at first. Paul says, I'm praying that you will abound in love and more love and more love. You'll keep on growing. If you don't keep on growing in love, you'll fall out of love. Anybody hear that? God calls us to abound in love. And that's what Paul is praying for. The tendency is for us to slip into what Paul warned us not to slip into. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 to 4, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look only on your own interest, but also on the interest of others. How quickly, easily, readily we get wrapped up in ourselves And that becomes a smaller and smaller package as our world becomes smaller and smaller as we center around me, myself, and I. Paul wants us to break out of that mold and he wants us to take up our cross and follow Christ and follow him as he told us. Love one another as I have loved you. By this all men shall know that you are my disciples by the good preaching 
No. The good singing. Well, the good organization. How? What? Love. Well, let's do it then. <laughs> let's do it. There's a lot of things that the church could have too much of. We could have too many programs. I mean, it, they can be burdensome. We could have too many bills. It could be taxing. <laughs> we could have too many things going on. It can be wearisome. But you can never have too much love. You could never have too much of God's love. His love is so great. The height, the depth, the width, the breadth of it is, is incredible. And so Paul is praying, I pray that you will love more and more and more and more. In 1 Thessalonians 3.12, written prior to Philippians years before, and may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we do for you. Oh, may God cause you to increase in your love for him, love for one another. Can we pray that prayer this week for our church, for each other, Amen. for ourselves? Amen. Don't stop there, though. Paul didn't. Paul says in verse 9, listen to his words very carefully, more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, in knowledge and depth of insight. They're like the bank on the right hand and the left hand keeping the river within its confines. The river is a beautiful thing, but when it overflows the banks, it can destroy and be destructive to a community, be destructive to everything that surrounds it. And so Paul the apostle says, may your love abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. I love the way the message puts this. Verses 9 to 11. So this is my prayer, that your love will flourish, that you will not only love much, but well. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent, not sentimental gush. Live a lover's life circumspect and exemplary, a life Jesus will be proud of, bountiful in fruit from the soul, making Jesus Christ attractive to all, getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God. He's talking about knowledge. When love overflows its banks, oftentimes we have to do repair work. That's why Paul says that you ought to pray for love in knowledge. And every time that word is used in the New Testament, that Greek word, it's referring to spiritual knowledge. It's referring to knowledge of God and knowledge experientially of God. What Paul is praying is that as a Christian, I will really love with my head not only my heart. When you disengage your head and you're just going with your heart, you're overflowing the bank. It happens all the time. Pastor, I really love her. Pastor, I really love him. But 
The Bible says don't cover your neighbor's wife. What do you do when those feelings inside of affection are there? You have to recognize, wait a minute, there's a proper way to express my feelings of love and emotion. The guy runs over to that beautiful young lady in the church. She's single and feels that he needs to give her a warm welcome. He's also looking for someone. I've been praying for you, brother. God put you on my heart. I'm really a way of getting a date. But anyway, I see it happen all the time. Love with your head, with knowledge. Let the word of God guide your behavior in the way you express your emotions and the way you express your affection and the way you express love. Parents, you just wouldn't give your children anything they wanted. Well, I love him. I love her. Now, the children might like that, but uh, you, you, would, you wouldn't do that if you really love them. Otherwise, you spoil them. Parents know. Now, you know what I'm saying. When you have that child holding her and they're so cute, so precious, you know, but they have to grow in love for that child because when she becomes a teenager and she wants to do this and some discipline might have to happen. And, and that's just life. If you grow in love, you have a knowledge, that, a, a love that's knowledgeable, guided by the word of God, guided by the scriptures. Pastor, we should be a church, a loving church. Well, the Bible says... That discipline belongs in the house of the Lord too. Being loving doesn't mean you don't discipline people. Well, God created man and woman in his own image. But he also put them out of the garden. He didn't stop loving them. The plan of redemption came to pass. So it has to be a love according to knowledge. We have to have the word of God guide us and lead us. Uh, Listen to Romans chapter 16, verse 17. I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause division and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teachings you have learned. Keep away from them. There's things that we have to do that sometimes don't seem loving. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, it says, Speak the truth in love. There are times to say something to people. But be very careful how you say it. You could do more damage in the way you say it than in what they did. Speak the truth, the Bible says, in love. We need to say, Lord, give me a knowing, according to your word, how to demonstrate love in a proper way way in a biblical way he goes on to say also in insight in knowledge and depth of insight that insight is referring to the holy spirit it's the holy spirit that helps you to know how to love people you're caught in a bind you have fifty dollars left over for the month i know that happens occasionally you have fifty dollars left over for the month and you're thinking about boy what will i do with this Will I go out and treat myself? 
Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. This is a wonderful truth taken from the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 6. And as trying times enter into your life, it's important to continually keep this at the forefront of your thoughts. Each day here on Voice of Faith, Pastor Ed will be teaching verse by verse through Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. Thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. To stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Voice of Faith, subscribe to our Twitter feed at VOF Radio 1. Again, to follow the Voice of Faith Twitter feed or to access the archive of messages, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Voice of Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Voice of Faith.